lords and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to this special edition of the Staggering Stories Good Old Days. This quintet of chucklesome chaps and chappesses have travelled far and wide throughout the empire. They have serenaded sultans of Shakedom, lambasted lords and noblemen, pontificated with princes of Persia. They are now back here at the Crawley Empire Music Hall for your delet and delectation. to this Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. And I... I'm the little Keith. So the classic <laughs> Keith is gone for good now. He's yeah. gone for yeah. good, yeah. thank yeah. God. He, he, he oh. took in a lot of flack. Interloper. Uh, yeah. Interloper. Was. Mm. I might bring him out again for the hundredth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've told you, you're not allowed to do that. The police will be round. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you did it for that children's party. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that still was a bad... That's the one I went dressed as Donald Duck. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Without the trousers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> bad times. Anyway, flagging down the taxi of information that is the news with El Presidente. <laughs> first can i can i yeah doctor who news this broke just after we'd finished recording the last podcast which was damned annoying (laughs) screenwriter and film director richard curtis has agreed to write an episode of the new series of doctor who his agent has confirmed the blackadder creator told the sun Uh, and not he has signed up for a single show because his children were fans of the BBC One programme. These days, the things you can watch together as a family are much fewer. He explained of his decision to step on board the TARDIS. So when you get something like Doctor Who or The X Factor, it is such a pleasure to sit down as a family. Curtis also revealed he was fascinated by time travel and was currently working... Ooh. <laughs> oh, was currently working. I haven't read this bit yet. No, <laughs> Richard Curtis was making a scientific breakthrough. <laughs> Tony working on wall. <laughs> anyway, Curtis also revealed he was fascinated by time travel and was currently work- working on a low budget film about the subject. Maybe it's a desire to get out of being old. Sometimes you do just love the idea that you could go back in time and change things. I'm excited by this. <laughs> I think he's brilliant. Mm. I'm personally just trying to equate. Doctor Who with X Factor. So am I. That's, yeah. that's a bit worrying. <laughs> How do you write an episode of the X Factor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can. Simon Cowell is the next Doctor. Oh, Ooh, dear. don't. Ooh. <laughs> next enemy, maybe. Yeah. Big like, bad end of season. Yeah, so the is this, yeah. this going to be like um, the Doctor and the Master? They face off over the Master's latest plan, uh-huh. and the the Master says, "You can't outwit me this time, Doctor, for I have a cunning plan." 
How cunning is it, master? It's so cunning, it, it could have been written by Mr. Fox, who was made Professor of Cunning at Cunning University. <laughs> okay. Are we in for that? <laughs> that took a long time that to get did. out. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> it but, sounded good in my head. <laughs> but I, I think he's already done the Doctor Who episode. Mm. I What is it? Uh, the Millennium Black Adder. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of Simon Cowell as the master. Oh, God. I mean, you oh. just imagine him sitting here. Of, uh, your singing was awful. Your, you know, your choreography was bad. I'm sorry, but it's a no. <laughs> <laughs> your plan to take over the universe was pathetic, actually. So, Louis, no. What? Latest bint. Nope. <laughs> El Presidente is lost. We've yeah, lost yes. certainly. <laughs> El Presidente, you made a less than enthusiastic sound. What's your problem with Richard Curtis? I don't know. I, I've seen Blackadder. Yeah. He didn't yeah. write that mm. alone. No. No. So no much Reg- him. Ben Elton. Ben Elton and the cast. Ooh, uh, uh, well, uh, apparently it was him, everyone expecting Ben Elton to do the knob jokes, but he, Ben Elton's mm. intellectual. It was Richard Curtis who wrote the knob jokes. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't give him a Dalek episode. There's too many balls there. Yes. <laughs> but you also have, uh, um, what is it? Four Weddings and a Funeral and Love, Love Actually. Actually, which was, which was uh, one of my favourite films oh, in the whole world ever. Shout you. <laughs> I can't stand Hugh Grant. <laughs> you could be in it, you never Random know. Random outbursts from Crumbly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's, rumour has it's going to be historical. Yeah. Ooh. A monster. Yeah. yeah we would have thought it. <laughs> Visitation revisited. Yeah. So it might be okay. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. Next bit of news. Uh, we have one here. Please don't read the title. Oh, please. Sarah Jane's get it twice weekly. I just said, please don't read the title. <laughs> Shut up. Mm. Sorry. The uh, third season, or series if you prefer, of the Sarah Jane Adventures will air twice a week on BBC One. Ooh. Ooh. We don't mean repeated, we mean it'll be two episodes a week. It's too good for kids. Yeah, so this means that each story, which is two parts, mm-hmm. will conclude in a week. And according to Rusty Davies... The whole of children's BBC is excited by this transmission pattern. It feels like the old days when Doctor Who would transmit twice a week. What happened to John Major? <laughs> He's got a cold. Yeah, maybe. This we... is very much mid-80s when Peter Davison mm-hmm. was and, on... and mostly Colin Baker. Well, the I'm Colin Baker. Just talking about Peter Davison because okay, he was sorry. lovely. Sorry. And it was what, Thursdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Ten past six. And apparently that's been shot in HD... Oh. So we may well see it on BBC HD as well. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'd just like to go on the record as saying I've stood in a shop which had a split screen with normal TV and Blu-ray HD jobby what's it. Yes, yes. And I honestly can't see a difference, but my eyes are really rubbish. Yeah, you're half blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just, just say it gently, you know. Yeah. Make it to a t- Tell it as it is. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell the difference anyway. I can... Oh, well, that's all right yeah, then. Let's stop the world because they'll president. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've got HD. So you have to mock El Presidente because the silly sod is having his house recarpeted and instead of doing it like the rest of the normal world would do and do it a room at a time so you can move stuff around, he's doing it all at the same time and he's just worked out that he's got nowhere to put all his stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The kitchen, the kitchen's not being redone. Where's he going to put the head of Pertwee? Oh, Oh, he can remain. We haven't said hello. Hello, Hello, head of Pertwee. Are you going to lock him up in his box again like you did last time, you evil man? Um, he just bites when I do that. He Good looks up. somewhat distracted at the moment. He does. Mm. But I think I know why. Why? Well, there's somebody else missing as well. 
Oh, yes, yes. Thought it was quiet. Yes, yes. You've probably no noticed dulcet, that... The, no dulcet London tones. Yeah, Jean is not with us. There is a reason. Is Anyone it? who got Farmer's Weekly last week will have noticed <laughs> that <laughs> Farmer Barlimo of Dorset <laughs> had put in an advert for a buxom wench to go and help <laughs> him milk his cows. Yep. Uh-huh. He said, uh, once you've milked my cows, you won't want any other job. And, well, uh, we've just sent her down there for a, a week's work experience. She went off. We thought it would be a nice teat for her. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Packed her gingham dress, she did. We did. <laughs> off. Put her hair into bunches. Yeah. Sat her down and watched 25 episodes of Little House on the Prairie on the trot, and she's sorted. 25 episodes of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> she's committed. She will be, she will be. <laughs> I will hear no mocking of Little House on the Prairie, thank you. Excuse me, Zulbeth. No, I've learnt. <laughs> right, a chance for you, yes, you, to Ooh. earn a little bit of history. Ooh. Earn a little bit of history. Well, buy, own. buy, buy a little <laughs> okay. bit of history. At the moment, you can get a chance to own Gene Roddenberry's Mac Plus. Is that his coat? No, his computer. <laughs> oh, right, his dirty sorry. Mac. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he received it as a gift from Apple Computers in 1986. Mm. That's a long time ago. That's a very long time ago. Your constructs to them, that's ancient history. Twinkle in your eye. Back in that Most things were a twinkle in my eye, then that's when I was innocent and unsullied. (laughs) (laughs) Then I met you. We take your word for it. Back in that hallowed decade of the 80s. Yep. Uh, Right. Auction House Profiles in History is putting this computer up for auction. Hmm. When you sit like that, the microphone goes right across your no- your face and it looks like you haven't got a nose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Sorry. <laughs> Just to throw him completely off his stride. <laughs> With one megabyte of RAM, it supported the double-sided floppy disk format. Oh, wow. And was the first <clears throat> Mac with an SCSI Scuzzy. port. Scuzzy. Scuzzy. Yeah. Good grief. For fast data transfer to and from an external hard drive. Mm. Is that included, though, I wonder? Uh, no. Uh, the Macintosh was the first mass-produced computer to utilise a mouse... And the Macintosh Plus was the longest living Macintosh with... In captivity. (laughs) With production until 1990. If you're interested, it's lot 626. Okay. And as a minor... 1701. Yep. And as a minor fascinating fact, it actually was seen on screen in Star Trek IV, The Voyage Ah, Home. Scott picks up the keyboard. Yes. Quaint. Yes, that's mm. the one. Mouse has one. been touched by Scotty. It has. Ooh. But don't let that put you off. Well, he no. actually he held it up to his mouth, so he might have Scotty drool all over. Uh, <laughs> DNA. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Scotty DNA. You could grow your own. You could clone own... a Jimmy Doohan. Yeah, you could grow your own Jimmy. <laughs> Any more news? Well, I do have an addendum. Again. Addendum. We have just recently in America had the... What do you mean we have just well, recently? Well, generally, the, the planet. Okay. <laughs> Poor planet. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor planet. Had the Emmys in America, which is the American TV Awards, that was gate-crashed, I say again, gate-crashed by Dr. Horrible. No. Yay. Yes. Yes, he's still there. He is still triumphant. Dastardly. Uh, Mm. And still singing. Should we put a link to this? (laughs) I think, yeah, I think you can uh, drag it up for YouTube and there'll be a link on his his terrifying... 
Captain Hammer as well. Uh, well, Captain Hammer and um, uh, a rather deceased person. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Sidekick. <laughs> yep, and also a uh, slime guy. Okay, is nothing sacred? No, apparently not. <laughs> We've been watching some really, really old DVDs. Mm. So old that when our youngest construct walked in and glanced at the telly to see what we were watching, he said, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) We've been watching quite a mass. Quatermass, as we all know, is is held aloft as the target to aim for in top-notch sci-fi. Well, I'd say it's more sort of TV sort of uh, sci-fi horror. Well, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Just stamp all over my sentence, why don't you? Personally, the first one I ever saw, I had a really bad introduction to Quatermass. I saw the Hammer film, uh, the Quatermass Experiment. Yep. Yep. Original, right? Yep. And I'd been told, you know, that you'll love Quatermass great bloke, fantastic <laughs> series, etc., etc., etc. And in this, in the Quatermass experiment, the Hammer version, he comes across as a totally unlikable bully. Yeah. American. A yeah. totally yeah. unlikable yeah. American bully. Yeah. The American bit really didn't bother me so much, <laughs> but it was the fact that he was meant to be the hero and I had no sympathy for him <clears throat> whatsoever. Wait. And I, I really wanted the mutated astronaut to get him. <laughs> More of an, an anti-hero. No, even anti-heroes have some redeeming feature. But he was just horrible. He was. He did come across very much as a bully. Yeah, he yeah. was. And I think the only the reason we had to start with the Quatermass Experiment film is because there was only two episodes of the Quatermass TV series in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, to understand... The, the story's roughly the same, but oh, yeah, yeah. the characterisation is completely mm. different. Yeah, it really put me off wanting to watch any more. Mm. Perhaps we should wind back a bit here and... There were three Quatermass series originally on BBC. Yeah. Had the Quatermass Experiment in mm-hmm. 1953. Two years later, 1955, Quatermass 2. Imaginative name that. And then three to four years after that, it's... Straddles, 1958 to 1959, is Quatermass and the Pit, which is the final of the original mm-hmm. trilogy. And these, at the time, were the first adult science fiction yeah. on British TV. Yeah. Oh, they were groundbreaking. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, they it, it helped, obviously, a lot. I think they only had the one TV channel then, didn't they? Or did they have BBC Two by then? Uh, BBC no. Two didn't come out until the late 60s. Yeah. yeah. So. The final one, I believe... Quakemass and the Pit was competing with ITV. It was yeah. around uh, that point. Right. The yeah. first two were. First two, yeah. So you mm. can understand when you get told that streets were empty and everyone uh, pubs, watched it. everyone yeah. was watching it. Cause <laughs> that was they the had no tr- choice because yeah. Simon Cowell hadn't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, a poll they did after Quakemass 2, 90% of the people questioned had watched at least five of the six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much the entire... Audience yeah. is watching. They're not out doing anything else. They're watching TV. TV yeah. Which even now, it would never happen nowadays. No. People were saying for the last part, it was the slowest night they'd ever seen at the cinemas. Because everybody was at home watching TV. Yeah. yeah. Right. And also, you've got to understand, it was groundbreaking, it was adult TV, yeah. adult uh, science fiction. 
the majority of science fiction at that point in time was American. And so even much of that? It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of that. It was Boys of, Boy of the Future or Captain Tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Things like that. And that science fiction had the old professor, the funny robot, the intelligent kid. Okay. That was sort of the, the set. Like Lost in Space, that was the set layout yeah. of science fiction. In a nutshell, you could uh, describe it as Saturday morning cinema science yeah. fiction. Yeah, mm. yeah. And this was completely radically different. It treated it as a serious subject, yep. treated it as a serious drama, and tried to portray it as real, like Zedcars, mm. like the police dramas that were out at the time. And in doing so, it sort of scared the bejesus out of quite a few people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we were sitting there watching the... Quatermat in the Pit yes. series. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's 2009 and I've, I've read the books and I know exactly what's going to happen, mm. but it was really unnerving. And mm. in a simpler age like the 50s, <laughs> I imagine it scared them somewhat. <laughs> Just... Sorry. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's the same. I mean, I've seen snippets of uh, the TV series of Quatermass in the Pit and even though you know it's coming, the scene where they break into the Martian spaceship mm. and you see all the little Martian gnomes or goblins or whatever, all suspended in all these cobwebs, and one slips. Makes you jump, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing worth mentioning, I think uh, Real Keith mentions, uh, Quatermass and the Pit was the first outing for the Radiophonics workshop. I think it was. Oh, was yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah the, the, the sound of the Great Hunt okay, traces yeah. them. The oh. electronic squeaks. and That, that was uh, the first outting, I think, for the Radiophonics mm. workshop, the first sound oh, they produced okay. as a unit. Which yeah. brings us on to Doc 2, I suppose. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the influence of Doc 2 is very... Very clear to see, isn't it, really? Oh, definitely. Oh, the grandfatherly mm. old man. Oh, yes. Yep. Mm. The girl who... Stupid cow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Just seemed to go looking for trouble. <laughs> yep. The idiot military man who would tell you that up was down if it meant it made his life easier. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I um, think I've got a few notes from uh, Mistress Riddler, who she scribbled down before she left to be uh, a cowmaid. Buxom uh-huh. cowmaid. Back, sorry, sorry, buxom cowmaid. There's um, quite a few things that uh, for Doctor Who that is given us. In Family of Blood... When you had John Smith's parents, Sidney and Verity, I think if you'd had his grandparents, if the grandfather should definitely have been Bernard. She also mentions that it does hit uh, a few of the John Pertwee story staples. You had a a secret alien invasion, which was Quatermass 2, an accidental alien invasion, which was the Quatermass experiment, Mm -hmm. and uncovering an ancient evil, which was Quatermass and the pit. True. These are all Doctor Who things. (laughs) (laughs) That you probably even name them. I can, I can. (laughs) (laughs) The Quatermass experiment is very much ripped off by Ambassadors of Death and... Lazarus, Lazarus experiment, which is very deliberately a homage, yeah. Yeah. if you like, to it, because Mark Gate is such a I fan. don't think the Quatermass experiment was in, I'd say, um, an accidental invasion. I mean, it was just the, um, the astronaut uh, in his spaceship flying through the, um, was it a cloud in space or something yeah. like that? But as I say, in taking that cloud back, it would have spored and covered the whole planet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It wasn't a deliberate malicious attack. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he just had the misfortune to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So. Then Quatermass 2 is even more blatantly ripped off by Spearhead from Space. Mm-hmm. He had the asteroids coming down, yeah. the intelligence growing into this kind of creature, taking over people. Very, very blatant. Yep, members <laughs> of government. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Quatermass from the pit. The, the Daemons. Yes, if you yeah. definitely. Is, is Even, equally blatant. 
even down to the TV report where it's yeah. all going wrong. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the live TV report. Yeah. Also, um, Jean m- mentioned Quatermass Two does feature Roger Delgado. Yeah. He mm. plays a reporter. Well, he does indeed. The master. Not many yep. people know that. Mm. <laughs> a sticky end, but there we go. One thing that, that reminds me, speaking of reporters, Quite a Mass in the Pit. Yeah. Um, when, towards the end, when they were discovered, they'd worked out that much of mankind was def- descended from this Martian experiment. The reporter wasn't reacting. No. And my first impression was that it was a slur against journalists by saying they're not human. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised they were actually more human yeah, than anyone else. They, they were the last, or yeah. he was the last The last human. human. How depressing <laughs> is that? <laughs> and didn't he have a brilliant name? I'm sorry I mentioned oh, this yes. last night. He had a James Bond name. He should have been a girl in, bik- in a bikini. His name was Fuller Love. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm a fuller love. <laughs> oh, I'm a fuller love. Sorry, that struck me as amusing and ruined <laughs> the entire series. It's very difficult to take it seriously. Dramatic action happening on the TV, and she's stuffing a cushion in her mouth so she doesn't giggle. <laughs> Mind you, uh, I'm watching the film version of uh, Quatermass in the Pit. Mm. It well, let's just say health and safety didn't feature very uh, very prominently in it because <laughs> the way they were just chopping up those poor little aliens. I mean, none <laughs> of them. Dead. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that, but I mean, none of them were wearing a sort of ex- environment suits or, uh, oh, or working in true. sealed environments. Yeah, God knows what. Uh, yeah. mm. germs yeah. and germs. Might get off yeah. them, yes. Concentrating mostly on uh, Quatermass in the pit because that's the one we took the real interest in yeah. after the first. Because Quatermass was a sympathetic character who just wanted to hug but which version you saw the tv version the tv, the TV version, version yeah, yeah. but alistair morel andre i would just like to think that the concepts involved there are very modern the martian capsule is made out of a form of ceramic which we got yeah. the tars mm. on the capsule itself is a living entity you know it's um, a, a bioengineered well, bi- ship biotechnology yeah, yeah which i thought mm. was quite advanced very considering, advanced, considering mm. this was written over 50 oh, years ago yeah yeah it's good effects too oh, God, for what it was yes mm. some of them were quite simple we had the um but but effective we had the kirk um oh, being light. lit up from below when the uh, cliffhangers arriving so you look more dramatic <laughs> yeah but no considering it was you know it was the late 50s some of the effects were fantastic oh, good i think if they refilmed this now they wouldn't need to change hardly anything maybe speed it up slightly yes but they wouldn't yeah. really need to change a lot and yeah. don't make what's the name judd so Flipping stupid. <laughs> Mind you, one scene that did unintentionally make me laugh was um, where um, Quatermass is inside the capsule mm. and um, it starts its you know, start-up process and things start moving around and all these cables start waving around. I mean, yeah. um, I did snicker somewhat at that because <laughs> you, know, so you could imagine you could almost see the nylon sort of holding the... Uh, yeah, and the stagehands mm. just wobbling <laughs> things. Well, on the, the film version, I saw the film version. Mm. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. I could... Mm. Occasionally see the, oh, uh, really? see the finished fishing <laughs> yeah. cable line oh. holding it up. I guess on quite a big TV compared to mm-hmm. what people would have seen this at home before. Yeah. yeah. So overall? Well, it's obviously landmark TV. Oh, good grief, very much so. The references in Doctor Who go back all the way. I mean, even deliberate ones of uh, British Rocket Group yep. being mentioned in uh, Remembrance. Remembrance. Also the Bernard. Bernard's the from Bernard's. Planet of the Dead. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And really should go out and, if you haven't seen it, 
go find it. Oh, go Very definitely. much so, yes. Yeah. Particularly if you're a Doctor Who fan, it is mm. so yeah. seminal. It's also fun playing Spot the Face. Oh, yes. Young <laughs> people who you've seen as middle-aged or elderly actors. Oh, I think, I, as an example, I think the sergeant has been in half a dozen Hammer movies mm. as the yeah. innkeeper. Even though I saw the uh, film version of Quatermass in the Pits, I mean, Quatermass did have out of a new dimension in the fact that before sort of science fiction was very much old evil galactic world or wants to take over the earth blah 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 and so on and so forth as um, real key stated in Quatermass the threat I mean it might be it might be an invisible threat but it could be also be very palpable and very all-encompassing you could feel it all around you so Quatermass gets our big staggering stories thumbs up I have one question I'll leave for the listeners and that's does Professor Quatermass regenerate (laughs) 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 yes well, yes. he turned into um, Sir John Mills. Well, you've just ruined the answer. <laughs> and now, all the way from the Flashing Blade podcast, we have Tony with his escape pod discs. Hello there, uh, it's Tony from the Flash and Blade podcast here yet again, but this time at the request of our chief scientist. I'm absolutely knackered having just gotten back from the Hooverville convention. Um, but uh, our chief scientist asked for escape pod stuff. Um, so he gave no limits on this, so it better be a big escape pod. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, the entirety of Series 18 from Doctor Who on DVD, uh, the beginning box set, the War of the Daleks box set, I refuse to call it Dalek War, because I'm sad, uh, something with the Colin Baker in, of course, uh, Revelation of the Daleks, um, oh dear, just to keep so-called real Keith, or classic Keith, we just don't know which one he is, happy, uh, Firefly and Serenity, um, I, Claudius, of course, the entire box set, uh, Edge of Darkness, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Smiley's People, because they are just such Wonderful, wonderful dramas. Um, bit of comedy, Black Books, uh, the box set of that, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, of course. You've got to have a bit of Dad's Army. A- any Dad's Army will do. It's, it all works. A uh, bit more drama, Quatermass, uh, both the John Mills thing and the first three stories that have been released on DVD. Day of the Triffids, of course. Both series of Life on Mars. Uh, films, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. And I suppose anything with Johnny Depp in it because he's such a good actor. Uh, possibly Gilbert Grape or Benny and June. Hmm? Oh, I don't know, something like that. Right then, uh, books. Uh, all of the new and missing adventures by Virgin, um, except Time Worm Apocalypse and two copies of Time Worm Revelation. Just to wind so-called real Keith, classic Keith, we don't know which one he is this week, up. Because um, <clears throat> basically, we, we, if he's locked in there with me, we'd need something to bicker about. Though I'm sure we'd actually manage to find something anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, what else? Uh, Nicholas Montserrat's The Cruel Sea. Um, Herman Walk's Kane Mutiny. Alistair McLean's HMS Ulysses. Uh, Delta Fields to Serve Them All My Days, which is a great book. Um, Sheridan's School for Scandal and The Rivals. 
uh, the Alan Moore thing, Watchmen, and <laughs> the Doctor Who annuals 1973 and 1975, because those were the two I had when I was growing up, and I loved them. Uh, music. Oh, well, this is going to be fairly obvious. All of the Ultravox definitive editions, including the uh, Greatest Hits thing. Um, Thompson Twins, Into the Gap, which is another special release with lots of remixes. Uh, Orchestral Moves in the Dark, The Messengers, Greatest Hit thing. Um, both that and the Ultravox thing have DVDs as well, which is very, very useful. And finally, of course, a homemade disc uh, featuring lots of different Who themes that I like, and of course my own music, because if anything deserves saving, it's that. Um, it was good to see you lot up at Hooverville. Uh, you're probably going to poo-poo my suggestions here immensely, but I have to thank our chief scientist for something very special, and that was the funniest moment of the year, watching V. Colin Baker strut around carrying the head of Pertwee. Uh, triumphantly, I hasten to add. Or was the head of Pertwee basically animating V. Colin Baker? As a scientist, I can say with authority here that we just don't know. Anyway, that's it. Um, there's going to be a V. Colin Baker interview on the Flash and Blade podcast 115, and I think you might be having something from V. Colin um, in this particular edition of the Star Wars Stories podcast. We just don't know. Um, ta-ta then. Toodles. You're so Tony thinks he's going to be in the biggest escape pod in the world. <laughs> Seems so, with a forklift mm. to move it all in. Yeah. Because <laughs> just all the new adventures and missing mm. adventures, you know, enough to fill this room. Yeah. And that music, he'd be committing suicide in the week of well, that music. Well, yeah, easily, because Ultravox, I mean, God. Yeah. I like Ultravox. <laughs> Out. <laughs> what, I, what I want to know about is the Dumbs and the Supervox. The what? The what? The Dumbs and the Supervox. Oh, we've got the, the Ultravox. Ultravox. Uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's of death, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Badumtish. <laughs> I, I have a challenge. What I have. We've heard from, we've had feedback from Tony and we've had podcast disc from Tony. Yeah. Why doesn't he give the microphone to Joe for once? Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear from Joe. Let Joe speak. Come on. Ooh. Poor Joe. We want Joe. We, we want Joe. We want Joe. We want Joe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you ne- yep. yep. Thanks for that. Neatly linking into that in no way whatsoever. No, no, no it's not neat. <laughs> it's not neat at no. all. Well, it's rather ragged. It's mm. totally ragged. Mm. Let's talk about Doctor Who. Woohoo! Right, if you haven't already bought it, go out and buy issue 413 of the Doctor Who magazine because they have a countdown of all, was it all the episodes? All 200. 200. As voted for by the fans from 200 to 1, from the least popular, which was. 200, I think it was Twin Dilemma. It was. To the most popular, which we won't tell you what it is yet. Oh, (gasps) tense thrilling. Because, (laughs) just for you lot, we have the countdown of the top 20 Doctor Who stories as voted for by you, the fans. (gasps) At number 20, it's the deadly assassin. Nipping at his heels is Earthshock at number 19. Number 18, Evil of the Daleks. And number 17, Terror of the Zygons. Oh, naughty Zygons. At number 16, it's the Seat of Doom. For the 15, by the Dalek. Oh, more Daleks. Number 14, Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, jewelry, jewelry, jingle, jingle. 
At number 13, it's a double bill, The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. In at number 12, it's Turn Left, and at number 11, The Girl in the Fireplace. In at number 10, Barking Up the Wrong Tree, it's Bad Wolf and Parting of the Waves. <laughs> at number 9, The Robots of Death, and at number 8, City of Death. Oh, a deadly duo there. <laughs> number 7, Pyramids of Mars, and at number 6, well, we have Human Nature and Family of Blood. Lovely people. Number five, the empty child and the toxic dances. Number four, the talons of Wang Chiang. Into the top three, and number three, featuring Peter Gabriel, Genesis of the Daleks. Number two, Blink, and at number one, with his round open and bland face, it's the Caves of Androzani. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> First thing that I noticed, especially about the top 20, and I suppose it's just a reflection on how young the new fan base is, is the number of New Who stories mm. that are in there. I mean, that, that's only to be expected. I mean, they've only recently been shown, so they're fresh in the memory. Well, yeah, yeah. But mm. I think also there's a, a lot of new people buying the, month, uh, the magazine yeah. who might not have seen much of the old series. That, that's what, I, what I, I find surprising is how much of the old series has made it in. I mean, mm. Evil of the Daleks, that only exists on CD now. And this is true. This is true. But, then, but classics like Genesis yeah. of the oh, Daleks and yeah. Talons of Wang Chang and Pyramids yeah. <clears throat> of Mars. Uh, some mm. of them some of them are, are atypical classics. Mm. Yes. I mean, lots of these you would have expected. Yeah. I, must but, say, I expected Genesis to be number one. Oh, really? Not that it would have been my number one, but... but yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy with Caves of Andrews. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's eight, is it? A new series out of 20. Yeah. Mm, considering the new series is only four seasons. It's yeah. yeah it's not a bad thing, actually. Yeah. Not, not too bad. Mm. I must admit, though, if I had to choose between Blink and Caves of Androzani, I think I, I'd I choose gone, Blink. I would have gone Blink. Mm, I've got to admit. Really? But for different reasons, though. Blink yeah. is a much... <clears throat> it's a much tighter, faster, yeah. better paced story, but well, then that's just the way the program is now. Well, that's it. I mean, Blink is very well. There's lots of suspense in it, and it's yeah. very atmospheric as well. Right. Caves is is pretty mm. fast for its time. And, uh, uh, I'm going to call controversy. <laughs> I, I don't. Know you don't like it. No, <laughs> yeah. I think it's not a case of I don't like it. I think it's overrated. Mm. I really do think Caves is overrated. If anyone really knows like a good it. divorce lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, though, I, I prefer Empty Child to uh, to Blink. See, it's all a matter of personal tastes. There's a couple I was surprised to see in there, like Terror of the Zygons <laughs> and Seeds of Doom. Mm. Terror of the Zygons I found very average and almost laughable when you came <laughs> to the uh, the Scarrison. And Seeds of Doom, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I oh. honestly didn't expect to see it in the top 20. Yeah, I mean, mm. It's been a long time since I've seen Seeds of Doom. But I, some of them I can understand, such as such as Robots of Death. Mm. It's the, oh, yeah. the dialogue written there. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, the sparking of the, yeah. the companions. Oh, and I the, love Robots of Death. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that's not higher, but it's, I'm not surprised it's there. But there's no Pertwee there, is there? Is there? Um, I don't know. No, no, no there's mm, no, no Pertwee. That's very no. unusual, that is. And no uh, Hartnell, either. No Hartnell. Evil is uh, is trapped, Out. isn't it? Is there a Colin? There's no Colin Baker no in Colin there. <laughs> no. No. If you ignore but, Caves of Androzani, which he just sat well, up yeah. in, well, there's, yeah, no, really but then there's no Colin. Colin 
has the two strongest episodes because if you look at the table, Twin Dilemma and Time Lash are holding up the rest of them. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. 201.99, yeah. 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 Long. <laughs> but I don't think that is any reflection on Colin. It's just a reflection on the production values and the direction yeah, the show is. I still like taken. Time Lash. I think it's wonderful. Uh, you were talking about that divorce lawyer. Yes, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so out of this top 20, what would your favourite be? For me, Empty Shard of Dr. Nazis. Uh, I've got to go blink. Certainly so recently. We... Rapidly followed by Robots of Death, I think, or Pyramids of Mars. Uh, I'd say Blink and The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. I mm. think mine, based on my reaction when I saw it, um, I'd have Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways, then Kaiser of Androzani, then Blink. Because mm. it's, it's easy to look back and think, oh, that, that actually was a bit flawed, but I base it on my reaction at the time and Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways... I was just gobsmacked. <laughs> Certainly by the end of your bad wolf. Yeah. Definitely. Well, as I said, they, I've got to put Blink up there. Maybe not because of my reaction, but Construct Number Two's reaction. <laughs> yeah. while yes, he's still it. in therapy. Yes, yeah. yeah. Poor lad. <laughs> Two episodes I'm sort of uh, quite pleased to see, sort of high up in the uh, well, chart, so to speak. It's uh, Human Nature and Family of Blood. Oh, yeah, mm. that's another mm. excellent one. Okay, it, for me, a little bit overrated, but if I'm not sure I put to... in my top ten. If you had to lose episodes... Um, Caves of Antizani. Oh, no. give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> Might be one number two, that one. You all know. know my reaction to Dalek. I think it was spoilt by the ending. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Touchy-feely Daleks. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> and Terror of the Zygons, as I said, I found very average, and the Scarrison was just yeah. unbelievably mm. awful. Don't wish to speak ill of the uh, vast Toffee MN, but uh, the girl in the fireplace never really did it for me, I have to say. The weakest of his ones. I'm not sure I did be in my I'd say it was more 20. of a poignant episode than anything else. I, yeah, but I just didn't didn't buy it to Doctor no, Fooling for a lot. I'm that. with you. The music made it for me, Girl in the Fireplace. The music was good. It helped sell it a bit, but I still mm -hmm. didn't buy it. I didn't buy the central <laughs> premise of the Doctor Falling for this woman. It seemed but out she, of character she was him. a professional. <laughs> <laughs> a professional that's what they call it these days. <laughs> no, that's what they called it then. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but let's have a quick look at some of the... Uh, lower orders. Lower ones. We've got uh, number 192 is the lowest ranked new who. Oh, can we guess? Yeah, go on. Uh, Love and Monsters? Nope. Muppets no. in Manhattan? No. no. Fear Her? Yes. Oh. Now, personally, I'll put Fear yeah. above Muppets mm. of Manhattan. So Fear, so I don't I. think, I don't understand the amount of flack Fear Her has attracted. It no. wasn't a great episode, but it wasn't a bad, it was mediocre. It, it, wasn't was, a bad. it was a season filler. Yeah. Well, I think it's Spotlight because episode. it was because of the girl. I think I it think was all sent because it was all centered around a kiddie. I know, yeah, in yeah. a way, the empty child the doctor dances was, but the whole That's episode. Act, she was really good. I thought, yeah, I thought she was fine. Yeah. I, I um, have no problem with it. I, I don't understand how people can put love and monsters yeah. above anything. <laughs> I have no problem with love and monsters actually. Oh, it was it was it was a very it was a Dalek episode. You're yeah. watching it and you're thinking, this isn't bad, this is okay, Scooby-Doo moment's a bit nauseous, but yeah. uh, And then Peter Kay turns into the absorber loff and quite frankly... No. Yeah, oh, he started that... channelling Johnny Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Unfortunate? <laughs> it was rubbish! Unfortunate. But I like the premise of it, that, we've been over this before in past podcasts, yeah. I, like, I like the premise that it was from an outsider's point of yeah. view... 
what the doctor looks mm. like to somebody who knows nothing about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I had no mm. problem with that. It's but, just oh. the execution. Mm. It's one of those yeah. episodes where if you'd been watching it with someone who wasn't a fan, you'd be excruciatingly embarrassed and spend your time trying to justify it. <laughs> it's another <laughs> dinosaur burst mm. through the airlock moment. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of Johnny Vegas, uh, Benidorm's coming back on ITV sort of very soon. If no, anyone watches that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very hilarious um, comedy series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fear Her for me would be typical middle of the road. It'd be yeah, number 100. Yeah. 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 That's a stocking filler. Yeah. 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 So what's the bottom 10? Bottom 10. From 200, getting progressively better. <laughs> <laughs> we have at 200, The Twin Dilemma. Mm-hmm. 199, Time Lash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 198, Time and the Rani. Uh, that's not that uh, controversial. 197, Underworld. Not the one with Kate Beckinsale or whatever her name is. Uh, 196, Time Flight. Aww, that's That's pretty poor. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's another. I, was, I started watching it and. Died of boredom. Well, yeah. <laughs> At 195, The Space Pirates. At 194, The Underwater Menace. One... Uh, that was a comedy episode. Nothing <laughs> in the world can stop me now. 193, Paradise Towers. Mm. Which I think is a bit rough. I quite liked that as a kid. But maybe I was young. I think you Didn't were young. Better. This is where Attack of the Cybermen comes young, from. Probably. <laughs> roast, roast tinted lenses. Yeah. 192, Fear Her. Uh, 191, The Dominators. And if we go to 190, it's The Space Museum. And 189, going a bit further, is the Horns of Nymon. Oh, yeah, that, that's deserved. It should, it should be lower. That, that, that is controversial. That should be 99. Oh, they've missed the point of the Horns of Nymon. You call yourself fans. God. 186, going a bit further, is Dragonfire, which I think is a bit unfair. That's yeah, I think wrong. that's unfair that's to not Dragonfire. Bad. Yeah. And uh, 185, better than Dragonfire, according to these people, is Warriors on the Cheap. <laughs> Hard to believe. But Warriors on the Deep, Warriors of the Deep didn't have Bonnie Langford in it, so, you <laughs> know. But it did have a pantomime dinosaur. Which is still better than Bonnie Langford. Probably. Oh, no, that's, that's and a bendy, foldy cast door. iron door. Yes. The gunfighters, often regarded as the worst, 175, which uh, is beating Ark of Infinity and Silver Nemesis at 177, 176. Oh. Yeah. Some, uh, some odd ones in here. Yeah. The Terminus that we spoke about a couple of it. Podcast go one sixty nine. I don't say it's that yeah. bad. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't That's the trouble. Good. There's so many middle of the road episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The middle of the road Mediocre. has to. There is a big. Yeah. They're all jostling the for position. Well, what is this? Yeah. One hundred sixty one. Attack of the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've just earned the laugh of El Fandom Presidente. has spoken. Yeah. El Presidente must listen. Love of Monsters one hundred fifty three. God, yeah. that should be like forty seven places lower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got average scores by a doctor here as well which might oh. be interesting uh, oddly although given how few he's in and how good most of them were at number one we have Christopher Eccleston mm-hmm. with 74.4% at number two Tennant with 73.6 uh, Tom Baker at 70.7 John Pertwee despite having nothing in the top 20 <laughs> comes uh, fourth with 70.6 you've made him smile yeah <laughs> Pat Troughton at 69.3 at number 5 number 6 is Peter Davison Ah. Number seven is William Hartnell. Number eight is Paul McGann. <laughs> he had one story, yeah. and yet he's beating Sylvester McCoy at number nine and yeah. Colin Baker at number ten. I think that's really? a bit harsh. Mm. I think yeah. that's a bit harsh. Yeah, it is a bit really. Yeah, really. <laughs> People can be so cruel. Yeah. And that's poor, poor not Colin. an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> they do spin-offs too here. The best spin-off is, is uh, Time Crash. Yeah. And yeah. the worst is Dimensions in Time. 
Yeah. Which I think nobody can complain about those. Not really, no. The sight of John Pertwee on uh, Noel Edmonds. The sight of John Pertwee on Noel Edmonds? Yeah. It haunts my dream. He's been watching Dimensions in Time Blue. <laughs> <laughs> haunt my dreams <laughs> it's going to haunt mine now thanks <laughs> bloody a lot <laughs> hey Joe can I come into your swap shop <laughs> stop <laughs> it <laughs> okay so if I had to pick a top five based on these 20 okay I think at number one I'd have Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways number two Caves of Androzani number three Blink number four Pyramids of Mars and number five I think it's got to be Earthshock right okay if we're going to do that then number one has to be Blink number two Robots of Death number three Pyramids of Mars number four Human Nature Family of Blood and number five Remembrance of the Daleks interesting choices we've got nothing in common there <laughs> why do I like you <laughs> although we, we did we had Blink because no, I make great toast and wonderful coffee this is very true yeah, euphemism <laughs> and because you're my lovey squeezy toy. People tuning out. <laughs> Go on, Crumbly. Give People. us your top five. <laughs> People zoning out. Right. Suicide. A- Shut up. <laughs> In ascending order. You're my- just jealous because you want to be his lovey squeezy toy. <laughs> I'm not kissing him. Okay. <laughs> not again. No. Okay, number five, turn left. Ooh. Number four, Genesis of the Daleks. Mm. Uh, number three, City of Death. Uh, number two, Blink. And my number one is The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Wow. Mm. So you had pre- Caves of Anzani yet? <laughs> yes, I did. You did. Okay, my top five, also in reverse order. Yep. At number five, we have Blink. At number four, Remembrance of the Daleks. Ooh. Number three, The Robots of Death. Number two, The Caves of Androzani. And number one, can only be The Empty Child and Dr. Dances. Mixed choices, mm, then. Yeah, yes. Yes. Although yeah. I noticed everyone had Blink. Yeah, mm-hmm. we complained a lot about all the new Who in there, but didn't we all choose a new Who? <laughs> yeah, basically, we all did yeah. choose a new Who, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so there has been some I said, cracking stories in the new section. Mostly, oh. uh, mostly from the vast offie. Yep. Amen. Okay, um, we'd love to hear your top five. Oh, go for it, yeah. So, humour us. Write mm. to us at show. At Staggering. Stories. Dot. Net. Preferably not with a feather, though. Yeah! Right, you lovely, 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 lovely people and win. <laughs> You've been writing to us again. You're just brilliant. We've heard from Naya. Ooh, oh, hello, Naya. Hello. Naya says, dear team, hello. I'm still reeling from the surprise of you actually reading my <laughs> recipe on air. It, Ooh. it was delicious, Win. Uh, Win. It was delicious, Win. Naya. Please send us more. We're quite yeah, happy. <laughs> could you send us a recipe for Twinkies? Because you don't get Twinkies over here, and I'd love to know what one is. You do. Sugar. 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 Pretty much. Sugar okay. and chemicals. Yeah. You can get Twinkies down at um, Cyber Candy down in Brighton. Yeah, because there's a Cyber Candy in Brighton and Crawley that's easy to get to. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what a Twinkie is and send us a recipe, either that or something for a really good chocolate brownie. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Naya continues. <laughs> you can blame fake Keith for it. Pardon? Oh, the recipe. <laughs> the, the recipe, yeah, the apple she asked. She asked for one as a throwaway bit in Podcast 51. Mm. I'm glad Leslie enjoyed it. Beware of asking me for more recipes. I'm fond of cooking and might take you up on it. Okay. (laughs) 
To get back on topic, it sounds like real Keith has been taking flack about Comic-Con. I have. For what it's worth, this American agrees with you. Doctor Mm. Who is funded by UK taxes, written by UK authors and staffed by UK people. And thus I don't think anything should premiere outside the UK. Not even a trailer. That said, the show and its spin-offs do have worldwide appeal and a worldwide market, so I also think it's unfair that the official Who, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures websites are blocked outside the UK even after the the episodes have aired, Mm. especially as they weren't for the first few seasons. Agreed. Yeah, I I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, Thank you for the Hooverville report, especially the hilarious story about the Colin Baker and the head of Pertwee. (laughs) Should have been there. (laughs) Until I'm independently wealthy, I have to live vicariously at all the conventions I can't attend. You and me both. (laughs) On the other hand, as much as I adore the Keiths, I will pay good money to never have to hear Lovey Squeezy Toy again, ever. Sorry. (laughs) A lot of us will. (laughs) It's from Naya. Thank you, Naya. Thank you. Sorry Sorry about the um, squeezy Lovey bit. (laughs) He's just so damn sexy, I can't contain myself. (laughs) Hubba hubba. (laughs) Who else have we heard from, El Presidente? We have one here via our blog from Draculosaurus. Oh, hello, Draculosaurus. Tastes of the task here a bit, but he's there. Uh oh. Hello, your fault. second time listener, first time a writer inner. <laughs> what a fun podcast. I really enjoyed it, except, ouch, you saw a painting so good it was almost an insult to call it fan art. I'm proud to be a fan artist. Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry. Who fan art is a huge, diverse world. It includes Crayola children's art, yes, but it also includes professional level illustrators. What it all has in common, it's a love of the show, not a level of quality. Um, I'd like to point out that I think fake Keith was <laughs> comparing it to, uh, my artwork, which <laughs> yeah. is sort of like... Stick men with vague blobs. Well, well, well <laughs> my, my stick men look like Cthulhu monsters. So. Mm. Well, <laughs> as I pointed out on the blog, two of our number are actually artists. Yeah. Gene yeah. and Crumley there. Yeah. And I'm sure they entirely agree. Sorry if we offended you, Draculosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to. No. We shall consider ourselves chastised. Yeah. I mean, it is good. There's so many great oh, artists God, out there. Oh, yeah. from, from, from Coming from someone who can't draw for toffee, I would love to draw yeah. properly. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed about the amount of level of artwork that is out and there. And it does seem to really uh, inspire people to, to do artwork. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Great. We have one here from... Awain! Hi, how are you? I am watching Serenity now for the fourth time. Good man. It's awesome. Ooh. Uh, It's wonderful. It's good. Great. Get out there and get Firefly as well. Oh, Firefly is brilliant too. Could you please review Twilight? I would really like to know what you thought. What you thought? The sun kind of went down slowly, but we missed Twilight (laughs) this evening because we were in. Oh, the film. I think think the the, the The vampire vampire thing. thing. Yes. Ah. Yes. I like it. Says yeah. away, not not me. All for me, twas or two tattoos, tattoos, which is potato in Welsh. Calling people, now our listeners what? are chucking random words at well, us. My, my vocabulary list is growing. I shall go in into Welsh. work tomorrow. Yeah. So you can you can go to Wales and ask for a potato. Yeah, <laughs> I want to try that. I've not seen uh, Twilight at all. Has anybody seen no, it? No, no, no I, I missed it. Just just I, 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 at the I cinema. Stayed a week. Yeah, didn't, didn't stay here for very long. I'm afraid. Yeah, I have to catch it, we'll give our opinion when we see it. Mm, I got the impression it was a bit of a thing Teen for... Teen flick. Yeah. 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 
Team yeah. Girl. That explains why yeah. Clive liked it. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. No, not because. Oh, no. <laughs> because he's a teenager, not because he's a girl. Jeez. Uh, well, I think it's due to the fact that the guy. <laughs> Uh, the guy in it is who he used to play Cedric Diggory in the yes. Harry Potter films. Oh, oh, he, oh was that him? Oh, he was good. Yes. Dead, wasn't he? Yes. Well, yeah, at the end of the Goblet <laughs> of Fire. Vampire, no. so it doesn't really matter. Ah, of course. Yes. Of course he's dead, yeah. We've got a bit of feedback on MP3 from Robert. Oh, oh thank go. you, Robert. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's me. It's Robert again. Um, glad you got my uh, feedback last week. I'm afraid I'm going to have to start off this bit of feedback with a, with a complaint. What, what happened last podcast? It, it, it descended into pure smut, especially the feedback section. I mean, p- uh, please, uh, people, the only person that uh, kept uh, kept it clean, really, was uh, Grumbly. I mean, there was heavy breathing, there was uh, more se- sexual innuendo than usual. I mean, please, people, for God's sake, think of the children. And just think somewhere out in the Welsh countryside, poor Wynne will be lying dead somewhere. And, you know, I just hope you can um, live with yourselves. I'm afraid I must highlight both uh, fake Keith and real Keith. I mean, just think what you're doing. You've, uh, you'll have probably uh, traumatised your, both your constructs. In fact, I have here in my hand a petition that uh, orders you to cease and desist. Um... It, 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 it was sickening, quite frankly, and actually thinking about it right now makes me feel a bit ill. Back in a minute. Please hold. Anyway, moving on. Uh, good news, everyone. Merlin's back for a second series, and uh, it looks good. It looks like the BBC have actually thrown a bit of money at it. And another surprise. It's on at the same time next week. At the uh, time of recording, which it's just had its first episode, it's on again at the same time next week. They're not trying to kill it anymore. In Babylon 5 related news, you swines, I've got totally addicted. I managed to pick up uh, the first series on DVD uh, a while back, and uh, I enjoyed that so much, I've actually got the uh, rest of the other series, I've picked them up in the one big box set for about 60 quid off of Amazon, and I'm addicted. I've uh, gotten through seasons 2, 3, and 4, I was hooked. Uh, I must thank you for cluing me into this, it is... It's very rare that I find a series that like makes me both laugh and cry. Punch in the air moment uh, for me. I agree with uh, Keith with the uh, Delenn saying, "There's only one man who's defeated an Mimbari cruiser. He's behind me. You're in front of me." But uh, my favourite was in the uh, later part of uh, series three, uh, where Jakar finally uh, gets revenge along with his people on uh, Lord Rifa, the um, man who, in the Centauri government, was pretty much responsible for the destruction of his homeworld's cities. And I just uh, punch up in the air moment when he got his cup on, comeuppance. Uh, I'm going to keep watching, though I'm finding Series 5 a bit harder to get get into than the first three. It just feels a bit tacked on. 
And finally, uh, Fake Keith, you said last week uh, that uh, some of the uh, podcast um, feedback I give in is a bit more complicated than the actual podcast itself. There is a reason for that, and that is the fact that I've just finished university where I did a course in uh, media production, and uh, my uh, favourite subject was, of course, radio, and uh, it taught me all how to do that. And on a related note... Uh, I would like to let you know that I have passed and uh, I've got uh, my foundation degree. I uh, graduate in November. And in all seriousness, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you for helping me through quite a difficult time. Uh, Through a number of difficult um, situations to explain, uh, there was a chance that I wouldn't pass the year. I had to retake an exam. And after that exam retake, there was about six-week period where I didn't know whether I'd passed or failed. And if I'd failed, it would mean I'd have to take the whole year again, uh, which I really couldn't afford to do. And uh, there was a six-week period where I could have just cried because I just didn't know anything. But luckily, you guys were there, and you never failed to make me laugh. And it really helped uh, me get through that time. So again from the bottom of my heart and I think on behalf of all your listeners thank you for being there for us and entertaining us and making us laugh Uh, I think I better go now so uh, all hail well Presidente and uh, goodbye and thanks everybody well I had to balance the ending out with something didn't I Oh, bless him. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well done on passing your... Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. You can take over editing the podcast. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, on to the rest of his feedback. Yes. It's more. Mm, There is. He's put Mm -hmm. pen to paper as well. Or finger to keyboard. Mm -hmm. Dear Staggering Stories team, here is a quick review of Merlin, season two's first episode. To expand on my MP3 feedback, the series is back, and after watching the first episode, you could definitely say it's starting with a bang. Being the show's second series, you could tell that the BBC has decided to throw a bit more money behind it than it did with the show's first series. The special effects are top-notch, with the highlight being Camelot literally starting to break apart. (laughs) Mackenzie Crook did sterling work as the first villain of the second series, and judging from the trailer at the end of the episode, we are going to meet some interesting characters and watch some intriguing storylines. The only gripe I had was uh, with the episode was that they seemed to have backpedalled with Merlin's relationship with the Great Dragon. At the end of the previous series, they looked set to kill each other. Many people thought that the Dragon would be the villain of the second series, but everything seems to seems to have gone back to the way it was, even if it's with strings attached. Looking forward to the next episodes. Bod be with you, Robert. Thank you, Robert. Thank, Thank you, Robert. Robert. Yes. Again. Yeah, I... Yet to catch the first episode. I've got it recorded. Yet yep. to catch the first no, episode. I, I would recommend it. Right, we've heard from Wynne. Hello, Wynne. Hello, Wynne. A.K.A. Wynn. Jürgen Kapoor. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Dear team, oh. you've all done very well. Oh, of course. Special congratulations to Crumbly, who Hello. managed to uncover my secret identity. <laughs> yes, I'm not really Welsh. My name is, in fact, Jürgen Smurgen Kapoor. <laughs> Actually, I have a multiple personality, and they're all rather shoddy. <laughs> Can I also say, blimey? Blimey. Thanks to fake Keith and Jean, who between them managed to make sure I was stuck in the banks of the Thames at Reading for a good two hours. (laughs) Take note, ladies. (laughs) People would ask, are you okay? Do you want us to help you out? 
than they'd walk away, shaking their heads at the strange Welshman, who said in a squeaky voice, No, the cold helps. <laughs> <laughs> Quick comment about Benjamin's trailer. Thanks very much, matey. It's strange <laughs> enough finding out that I'm a fictional character, but when the fictional character's got a better love life than I have... <laughs> yeah. Bod be with you, Win, a.k.a. Jürgen Kapoor. And when Jean wanted me to say... Hello, Win. Or even, hello, Win. <laughs> and now, for all you cheeky little chappies out there, and Win, we know you like it, subliminal messages. Ah, thank you. Okay, we have him here from somebody called Tony. Don't know who that could be. Some strange person. Yeah. He says, Dear all, having a lovely time. Weather is here. Wish you were beautiful. Ah, Good. dyslexic Tony. Congrats to fake Keith for finishing her first book. 57 years, she finally gets there. Kit. <laughs> One hopes that she didn't find the ending. Spot gets the ball, the big ball, the big red ball. Too upsetting. Double git. Right then, so Quatermasser, about bloody time you talked about it. Grandfather, television science fiction from from whose loins sprung ooh so much. Even today, folks still say that something has the air of Quatermass about it. So, Quatermass experiment. Well, you can't say too much about this, as only two parts survive. But what one can see is impressive. Remember, context is everything. These shows were produced live, with just film inserts to give the actors time to get to a new set. Cameras follow, suit, etc. Film is, well... Okay, that's an American Quatermass. Dear bod. No, sorry, but Bernie does ours. The live version in recent years just didn't cut it. Far too cold for production, I'm afraid. Quatermass 2. This is superb. A textbook television drama penned by someone who's got into his stride and knows what works and what doesn't. Directed by someone incredibly classy, Camfield Harper Grimwade of his day. Again, context. When the BBC put its mind to doing something, it really went to town, didn't it? One thing that is interesting is that Quatermass imposes authority people by simply saying, I'm a scientist. As soon as he says that, the forelock tugging begins. Very much of its time in that respect, however, as we'll see, when he tries that in a few years' time, he almost gets, it almost gets him killed. And as for the scene with the family on the beach, so surprising it was allowed through back then. And I love Dr. Lomax, imported straight from Supercar. Well, his eyebrows were. <laughs> Quatermass and the Pit is again... Superb television. The gentle build-up, the hauntings, the ordinary family uses a touchstone to the audience. Breen is a great character, showing how the military mind is just too rigid to contemplate anything outside the norm. And we have the first rumblies of just what the government want to do with the rocket group. No wonder Bernard wasn't available in 1963 to help with the Shoreditch incident. The ending is fantastic, a superb climax to a program of rightly clear pubs, because people wanted to be at home to watch it. Oh, and a first outing proper for the Radiophonic Workshop and the BBC Visual Effects. The film is great too. Andrew Keir makes for a fine Bernard. It surprises me, actually, how with this and the two Dalek, Cushing Dalek films, six or seven part TV stories are cut down to film length, and yet you don't seem to be missing anything. Does this show up the padding, or the skill of the folks transferring it to film? Kudos to the restoration team for the great work on the Bernard TV stuff. But now we come to the end. Quatermass, or Quatermass Conclusion. I love this. Everything in it works. Quatermass is no longer the force of nature used to be. He is simply an old man with one thought. Find his granddaughter. To that end here, Usurp, Britain's only TV station on its biggest day. And when things start to go pear-shaped, the intellect kicks in and he solves the problem. And only the old can stop the wholesale slaughter. It all works in this show. The filming, the direction, the effects, such as they are, the music, 
Oh, and a rhyme. And the ending is to die for. Quite mass of the best science fiction that British television had to offer. Strict set of Doctor Who, Sapphire and Steel, damn it, even come back Mrs. Noah. What a shame that so much of Neil's work no longer exists. Toodles for now then, Tony. Thank you very much, Tony. Good yeah, to hear you. from you. Thank you. Uh, we've got one here from Benjamin Elliott. Hi, Hello, Benjamin. Benjamin. Hello, Benji. Greetings, Staggering Stories Gang of Five and the head of T. Baker. Well, after the upcoming accident and regeneration. Suppose you're still the head of poetry as the recording night. Trying to write a story without the series' main character in it teaches two points. One, don't do it. It will take much longer than normal and fumble around a lot. And two, no matter what you think of Love and Monsters, you wind up respecting a lot it a lot more after essentially doing your own version. Strange to think that the gap year's silliness is almost over. Yep. The Sarah Jane Adventures, Series 3, is almost here. By the time it is all over, we shall be in full swing for the final David Tennant episodes. Mm. It's almost a pity to have new stuff around, as we lose the time for all the meandering and creativity <laughs> on our own. On the other hand, we still have new stuff to see and chatter about, so it's okay. Regards, Benjamin Elliott. Thanks mm, a lot, thank Benjamin. Nice thank, to hear from you. Thank yep. you, Benji. And he sent through, though we won't do anything about it today, but he sent through the finished Mr. Dalek story. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Watch this space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, shall give that that shortly. we shall give that our full treatment. We shall. Indeed. We love your feedback. We love you all, so please keep writing to us. Please. At Show at staggeringstories.net. So, with much regrets, that brings us to the end of an- another Staggering Stories podcast. But be a good cheer, there'll be another one, and in it, more of the same. More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews, more who old and new. But until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. Danger, danger, warning, warning. You're an idiot. <laughs> You have been listening to Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 55, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and the real Keith Dunn. These expressed here, those are speaker, don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the site. No copyright infringements intended. This podcast is a Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. individual. I waffle on interminably and make it sound incredible. I sit here drinking coffee as I talk into a microphone, unless I am not in the mood and then I stay home on my own. I talk to you of Doctor Who and Star Trek and or Firefly. I even mention Star Cop, so I really cannot fathom why. Let you know my loves and hates things I find delectable. Like comic books and miniatures and other things collectible. started off on Movie Maker, then we found Audacity. We use big words so listeners can admire our perspicacity. We love to read out letters and we wish the feedback would not end. Because after all, we're rather weird and that's why we have no normal friends. <laughs> our little group is rather small, we do not have an earthly care. There's Adam, Jean and Grumbly and there's real Keith who has no hair. The head of Pertwee rules the roost, his gaze is quite malevolent. He's scary if you cross him and his breath can floor an elephant. He's scary if you cross him and his breath can floor an elephant.
sometimes I cannot take the strife because editing controls my life. I am the very model of a podcast individual. Instead of instead of a bouquet, Jane's throwing the head of Pertwee. <laughs> you, no one's no one's going to catch him, and he's going to bounce and hurt himself. No, he's just going to sort of throw it over, and sort of, somebody's going <laughs> to. Sounds good to me. Adam throws himself and catches it <laughs> in slow motion. Are we going to put flowers Ooh. in his hair? The head of Pertwee's not Adam's. <laughs> I am a delicate flower. (laughs) (laughs) We're worried. (laughs) Your president has gone a bit mad. Who beeped? Who's got their mobile phone on? Sorry. You bastard! (laughs) Burn the heretic! Burn him! Well, read it out. Come on, brought it 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 to the party. No. (laughs) It's something intimate from Jane. Crumbly got a sexy text. (laughs) 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 It's what he was doing with his hands then. Crumbly crumbly had a fit. (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine this bright, blue-eyed little girl would go out to consult with monsters and... Nah, you got the wrong one. You made an idiot of yourself. It was the brown-eyed little girl. Pedant. How sad am I? <laughs> but she used to run down the hill pretending to be a plane 20 years before her plane. She was Venera. being an eagle. Uh, We've was... discussed this. Am I going to have to hit you again? She was being chased by shadows. I'm not talking to you. So yeah. I, couldn't, uh, couldn't I, mean, I mean, I mean... I would have, you know, would have liked to have seen a few more, uh, well, I would say sort of pivotal episodes like um, uh, City of Death. City of Death's at number eight. Oh, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Scrub, scrub that. <laughs> no, no. Dear Staggering Stories team, here is a quick review of Merlin Season 2's first episode to expand on my MP3. He's <laughs> 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 <His> MP3. <laughs> what is an MP3? Something died. I'll say that again. <laughs> Talk about getting hiccups in the most inopportune places. Come, scare him. <laughs> that worked. 